Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guests today are Harold Hayes Jr. and Craig S. Phillips, the co-creators behind a new novel, Kingston and the Magicians Lost and Found, that the duo wrote with acclaimed novelist Theo Ganji. The novel is published under the pen name Rucker Moses. Harold and Craig, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you for having us. Well, if someone hasn't heard about your new novel yet, how would you describe Kingston and the Magicians Lost and Found? Uh, Harold, do you want to take that one? Uh, Yeah, I would say that Kingston and the Magicians Lost and Found is, it's it's an adventure story about a young man named Kingston who's looking for his, uh, his father who disappeared in a very strange and mysterious way which was through a magic act. And this is the driving force that takes us through an adventure through a magical and mysterious city called Echo City, which is a neighborhood in Brooklyn that only the few people know where to find. And um, it's full of magic, mystery, tricks, illusion. Uh, it talks about hard work and uh, just never giving up. And so do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to, to create Kingston and the magicians lost and fail? Yeah. yeah we're, so, oh, go ahead. Greg. Yeah. Go ahead yeah. Well, I was going to say, we're, we're, we're always looking at life in a magical way. So, uh, I, I love how Craig explains this part. And I just wanted to kind of preface that in that anytime we're around looking at stuff or talking about things and walking around town, we see magic everywhere. And that's something we infuse in the book. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there. Uh, this whole thing started a while back. It's been some time now, but uh, we were kind of discussing this idea with an old friend of ours, uh, Michael White. He's an illustrator, and we kind of had this, there was this concept that we were all talking about with these street magicians, these guys who almost looked like they were homeless and they were in a park somewhere in New York. And they and this kid kind of stumbles upon them and he notices that they're having some kind of, you know, tit for tat. He realizes they're basically having some kind of magic battle between the two of them in the park. And that was the the genesis for the the world. And we kind of started expanding it from then from there. And the two the those two street magicians became his uncles. And the next step was we thought, well, what would be a really good origin story for this kid and we thought well it'd be amazing if he was from this family that you know was like steeped in magic history and had a long line of uh, magicians within the family and that his dad disappeared in an act one day so we could kind of play with that trope of you know a kid who's lost his father uh, and he's searching for him but he literally lost him because he vanished in a magic trick one night um so from there, we started developing this world of Echo City. It's figuring out, you know, what's the world that his father disappeared to and what's going on with this family. And we gave them this magic shop that kind of has fallen on hard times. And then, uh, you know, we, we created this conflict with Kingston and his mom, where his mom doesn't want him to have anything to do with magic because of what happened to his dad. But she's got to come back and kind of save the family magic shop in Echo City. Uh, and that's kind of the, where we jump into the story in our novel is that his dad has disappeared four years before the novel starts and his mom moved them away from, you know, everything that was going on after that happened. 
but now they're moving back to Echo City. Um, and they're gonna they're gonna kind of take over the shop with his uncles, and he meets up with his cousin Veronica and his friend Tutal, and uh, you know, and then he, he finds this magician's lost found at the uh, the Mercury Theater, which is just dilapidated now and fallen into disrepair. That's kind of the genesis of everything. Well, how did you two meet and begin collaborating? Uh, so Craig and I met at the University of Georgia in the the Grady uh, journalism program. Uh, I I was making my own little shows and uh, film festivals, and Craig had his television show. Um, and one day, I remember, like, I always knew of Craig, but we never really hung out at that time during school until one project we had to collaborate and uh <laughs> it was a little video project and and then um let's just say i had a high opinion of or a tough opinion on who was gonna be had enough skills to kind of do really good stuff and craig really just blew me away with like some of the editing and stuff he did on on the project i shared with him and we just became fast friends after that and then um we went on to make stuff after college and and then uh, together and then uh made our way out to the Los Angeles together or separate times, but very close to the same time. And are, are you both working in the film industry as well as writing this novel? Yeah. Yeah. We have a production company that we've owned for the last 12, 13 years now called Sunny Boy Entertainment. So um, uh, within like four or five years of moving to LA, we started just working for ourselves um we started as editors and i was uh i was a writing some at the time for disney and uh you know we had kind of built up enough uh cachet with people that they were willing to give us work <laughs> and that was the <laughs> beginning and i think you know i think the intention there as it is now is like that we could get enough work that we could just always be spending time together to be creating and making whatever we want and you know we've built that out into a, a company now and a lot of the people that work work with us are our good friends and we do a lot of studio projects mostly our our bread and butter is we do behind the scenes on films so we go to sets and shoot behind the scenes and that kind of thing but we've also made all kinds of stuff from concert visuals to uh virtual reality and uh and then Harold and I along the way have also been writing and we kind of got in writing on some children, families programming like Arnold Haunting Hour and Christopher Spikes, Christopher Pike's Spooksville and uh, sold some shows ourselves. So we've been kind of doing all that. Um, and that's, that's been our source of revenue and our lifestyle for over a decade now. And so what are some of the, what are some of the, um, uh, what are some of the projects that you're doing in terms of screenwriting in addition to this novel that you just wrote or co-wrote? Yeah. So, um, we, uh, we did an adaptation of a graphic novel called earthly that we were hired to do by producer Alan Rich. Um, we're currently developing an animated series called Hourglass Moonland, which was based on a virtual reality short that we created in-house at Sunny Boy called Yeti and Spaghetti that went to a bunch of film festivals. 
And uh, that's being developed with uh, Robert Kirkman, who created Walking Dead, his company. He actually has a, he has his company and, and an animation company up in Vancouver. And uh, we've been developing that for a few years now. Uh, and yeah, we're just always doing all kinds of stuff. So Sure. Well, how did you create the pen name Rucker Moses? Is there significance to that name? Well, I mean, we've always kind of gone under an, another yeah. moniker we'll together, which was Sunny Boy Entertainment. So, I mean, so we would often call ourselves Sunny Boy jointly. Uh, so it was always a way for us to kind of like keep our our personal egos at, at in check and say, hey, okay, we're working as Sunny Boy. So it was a great way to kind of like collaborate under one name and just really always write what's best for the character or the story or whatever project we're working on is to focus on that. Not so much as like, Hey, I want this or Hey, I want that. Uh, but then Rucker Moses was another way for us to do that for, for, for the novel writing. Um, and so Rucker is the last name of a major character in the film, in the book (laughs) named, um, Black Herman, but it's real Black Herman is uh, Benjamin Rucker's stage name. Um, he's one of the greatest. Uh, he claims to be one of the, claimed to be one of the greatest black magicians. Uh, he was he was famous in New York and and uh, uh, I forgot what time period, but uh, it was we, around we, the Harlem Renaissance. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what he's with. We 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 found out about this this gentleman and did not know anything about a, a whole group of uh practicing black magicians at that time and we we, we were able to fictionalize kind of his care is himself and put him in this book as like a sage kind of type of character mysterious but still kind of a sage character uh and so that's where the rucker comes from hey craig you want to talk about the moses part yeah then you know bones of this um we we've already been working on book two that's going to be releasing in october but um, as you get into the book and you start to explore the lore of where King's father Preston disappeared to, um, we kind of created this mythology that ties back to ancient Egypt. And, you know, it's really fascinating. Egypt is fascinating because in Egypt, magic was a religion. Uh, the, the magician was not treated the way that we treat magicians. We don't, when you thought of a magician, you didn't think of it as somebody who showed up at your kid's birthday party. Uh, the, these were regarded as, you know, people that were operating at a high frequency, like shamanesque. And Moses, you know, was a practicing magician. Uh, and it's it's talked about a little bit in the Bible, and then there's a lot of interesting literature that kind of expands on Moses's story, uh, talks a lot about, you know, who he was, it's what he was practicing at the time. So we figured, uh, that was kind of a good, good combination to, to bookend, um, uh, the journey of research that we did between Black Herman and, and Moses himself. <laughs> That's and, great. And, it, and we thought it sounded cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what does the collaboration process look like for you two as you were working on the novel? Are were you in the same room, or were you working on a shared document? How did that work? Well, you know, we started this whole process originally writing this as a we had sold it as a pilot script um, early on 
to to one of the studios uh and we it never got past the the pilot phase they never did shoot it but that was the beginning of the writing process for this and there was a producer jane starts who we were working on another show for writing and she you know she jane's wonderful and a good friend of ours now and she had seen the material we showed her some of the stuff that we were working on and she really responded to kingston and she said if you guys can put the time in uh, and put a book proposal together i can i can you know take you to all the publishers in new york so that was probably a two-year process that we collaborated on a really extensive book proposal that we had to lay out the world uh we had to lay out the the plot for the first two books uh we had to write a good number of chapters for the first book um and you know that collaboration process was like any other one where we're just constantly going back and forth uh sharing documents and you know splitting you know like divide and conquer all jump in on the the pages harold would jump in on the pitch deck um and then we sold that to Stacy Barney at Penguin Random House, who's our editor now. And, you know, it came with, they, they wanted to, to hook us up with Theo, who was an established author who had written some books for Stacy and had worked with her in the past. And is also a resident of Brooklyn that was, you know, runs an MFA writing program in Brooklyn at Cape Francis. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And so that became kind of the trio. You know, Theo's become one of our great friends as well. Um, and, you know, the process of the three of us writing is a lot of talking and conversation and kind of going back and forth about what we want to do and, with the book. And, you know, one thing that Theo did in the very beginning was when we had submitted the chapters to Stacy and she wanted to bring Theo in. He changed everything to first person. We had originally written in third person. So he went inside Peek's head and kind of took everything that we had written. All the plots stayed the same, but we were now inside Peek's head witnessing it. So that was a big transformation that happened along the way. And since then, um, you know, typically when we would get into the writing, we would break it up. We would have, here's the chapters we're going to do. Um, we would typically stay ahead of Theo so that he's catching up to us. And then as he kind of caught up to us, he would clean up and make sure that the voice stays consistent across the whole book. Uh, and that's, you know, that's how the process worked uh, on the first one. And, you know, there was still a lot of finding and eventually you get into a really good groove. And we've already, we've already finished the second book. Now we did kind of the same process when we were writing that one earlier this year earlier last year because it's 2021 <laughs> yeah what was really interesting before is we spent so much time on the phone um yeah and we did not use tools that came about i guess or the the advent i mean they already existed but due to the covid 
uh, pandemic, we ended up <laughs> started now using Zoom and other kind of like Slack and other things to kind of like do group and Google Docs and stuff like that to kind of share share documents. Where whereas before it was a lot, a lot more tedious, but but it was just like it took something like the pandemic <laughs> in a weird way to kind of like help us streamline that even more so. Yeah, gotcha. So what writing or creative advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories, novels, or scripts? Write what you enjoy. I would say really, you know, actually Theo really talks about it, that, you know, don't be ashamed of the things that you enjoy. You know, like Craig and I are very much into things like science fiction, um, uh, there was times where we've written, we wrote other things that were a little heavier, but ultimately I just wanted to write stuff that I was going to have a good time writing and, and exploring. And so that was like the first thing I, I recommend to people. Yeah. And, um, I mean, my recommendation, I think in this process, I've, in this process, I have become process oriented, <laughs> uh, but I find that the practice of writing, just like anything else, if you're learning to play an instrument, if you're, um, whatever, getting in shape, trying to, you know, do meditation, it's all about the practice. It's all about having the habit of doing it consistently. And I don't think there's any great secret with writing. I think it's just about sitting down and spending the time to just do these small chunks of writing that eventually accumulate into something greater and to not look at it at such a bird's eye view that it's it's daunting the the concept of having to write a whole novel but to just go in and try to spend every day doing a little piece of it as you it starts to become more natural you start to be able to get into it quicker uh and you just start to channel the 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 work uh through yourself in a way that can only be done if you're doing it consistently so that's that's one that that'd be my advice got and I, have, I got one more thing is that to think about tempo um for me it's super important to think about the tempo of when things kind of hit, uh, when you're going to drop a twist, you know, I, I, I personally like to always think about, wow, this is either dragging on, how do I kind of speed this part up and really think about how the reader is also going to kind of respond. That's after, yeah, we definitely that's after you've gotten that. through the process a little bit though. Right. Yeah. Right. So what fiction or nonfiction books have you two read recently that you enjoyed? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> currently, I really like this uh, City of Ghosts, which is by V.E. Schwab. Um, I've really gotten into her writing in general. <laughs> um, and that's a trilogy that I think is, I think the third book just came out. Uh, so I've really enjoyed that a lot. Uh, it's funny. I just finished Dune uh, because I, I started reading that book because I wanted to make sure I read it. And I think I've started that book and not finished it many times in the past before. <laughs> but I actually 
got through it and I did the audiobook, which is fantastic. Uh, and man, that just took me back to a place, you know, just a, a book that's so comprehensive, so deep, and just so creative. It's incredible, that book. Um, yeah, I, I agree so with the, that. I don't know. Those are two <laughs> books on, you know, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just, it's so expansive and just, there's just so much interesting uh, conceptual things in there that he does. Uh, it's it's wild. So I get like, yeah, those two books recently, that's what I've been reading. <laughs> yeah, I read uh, <laughs> pretty hardcore science fiction. Uh, I've, I've been re- reading some Alistair Reynolds, um, like House of Sons. Uh, and then also uh, it was uh, Armada by Ernest, Ernest Klein. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and then uh, uh, and and Lecky from Ancillary Mercy. Yeah, so yeah, so so great. I read, I read some heavy science fiction stuff. That that sounds great. Well, where can yeah. people find you online if they want to learn more about you and your debut novel? Uh, Ruckermosis dot com, and yeah, so Ruckermosis dot com, and then on Instagram we are Moses Rucker dot moses uh there's a lot of stuff on there we've we've been making some videos like we we did a video about black herman just giving people more information that we shot edited and there's a trailer for kingston up there and uh yeah you can find everything at one of those two places great well again we've been speaking with harold hayes jr and craig s phillips the co-creators behind a new novel kingston and the magicians lost and found the novel is on sale now so go buy a copy and harold and craig thanks for doing this interview thank you yeah thank you jeff we appreciate it now stay tuned for a brief excerpt from the audiobook of kingston and the magicians lost and found by rucker moses and theo ganji read by sullivan jones available from prh audio wherever audiobooks are sold. My father was famous. He was the greatest magician in Echo City. And he made himself disappear. Disappear. Like, here one second, gone the next. Not disappear like he went out for milk and eggs and never came back, like the bullies at school used to say. He wasn't abducted by aliens or kidnapped by the mob. He doesn't have another family, and he isn't dead. He's alive. I know he is. No one else thinks so, but I know. Ma says not to sit around waiting for him, that I'll just be disappointed. She's afraid I'll be like him, that I'll get lost in magic and she'll lose me like she lost him. I promise her I won't get lost. Sometimes she believes me. Sometimes I mean it. It's been four years, six months, and seven days since he's been gone. I was eight years old then. That's also four years and five months since we left Brooklyn. And today, we're moving back to Pop's old home in Echo City, Brooklyn. Ma says the James family brownstone, a.k.a. 52 Rick Street, will go back to the bank if we don't. She taught me a nasty-sounding word, foreclosure. It's like closed, but times four and with an er at the end, in case you didn't know that the word meant business. Ma says it means banks take your house when you run out of money. So now she wants to open up a cafe, which is her lifelong dream. 
but she's still nervous about moving. She doesn't say so. Only I can tell by how she's driving, inching along the hot summer streets and peeking at signs like a cat, sighing in every red light, squinting out the window at the street corners and row houses. She keeps tapping angry fingers at Google Maps on her phone screen. She thinks she knows Brooklyn, but it's been a while. I don't understand, she says frustrated. This thing has us jumping all over the streets. Ma pulls the car over and flicks on the hazard lights of our rental SUV. She takes the phone off the dash mount, fingernails clicking on the screen as she stares with photon beam focus. Mom believes in the power of apps and phone maps to get us places. The one thing she isn't doing is looking out the windows. But that's okay. I'm looking out for the both of us. How did our blue dot just land us in the middle of the Brooklyn Navy Yard? She says. Does it look like we're in the middle of the Navy Yard? Oh, wait now. Now we're in the East River? We are literally in a body of water? I'm waiting for the car horns to start blaring at us, like they usually do when we stop and check directions, but there's no one around at all. It's like we found this one abandoned block in Brooklyn. I see a stop sign. I see a word scribbled underneath. Magic. It makes me smile. Brooklyn and magic have always gone together for me. When we lived here with Dad, our lives were full of magic. Tricks, shows, and convos about the all-time great magicians filled our home back then. Before Dad disappeared and we left Brooklyn, and magic along with it. And Ma got so sick and tired of magic, she didn't even want to hear about it anymore. Then I realized the word magic is under the stop sign for a reason. It's a message. Stop. Magic. Well, would you look at that, says Mom. Yeah, I know. Stop magic sounds like good advice to you, right? Mom looks at me like she has no idea what I'm talking about. No, well, sure, I guess, but King, look. Before she can point her finger, I see it. Looming right there above us like an elephant on the sidewalk. The Mercury Theater. We're quiet for a moment. I'm not sure how Mom will react. I don't even know how I'm reacting, honestly. Most times, when you visit a place you haven't seen in years, it seems small, not the Mercury. And for sure, I've grown a ton since I was here. But somehow the old theater is as huge as it ever was. It's like the dinosaur of buildings, bigger than everything around it and from another time. Mom takes a deep breath, and I hear her tremble on the exhale. My heartbeat is jacked up quick like I just hit the fast-forward button a couple times. I remember how sad she was, back when Pop never came home that first night, when she filled out the missing person report, how we held each other and cried. I wonder if she's going to hit the gas and drive off, like she did the day we left Echo City, like when she stashed all the pictures of Pops and his magic shows in a box down in the basement. I wonder if she's going to make a comment that cuts about magic and fools and leaving things in the past. But she doesn't do any of that. She opens her door and just stands there in the heat, taking it in. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.